podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 16th of November, 2021. My name's Patrick Smith. One game postponed meant that the Dundee Stars at the DAA were the only game and the only action that the Giants witnessed this weekend. But there was enough action in that game alone to fill about five podcasts, especially before how much we go on. Um, on this week's show, we'll talk Dundee, Haas, and the 4-1 victory over there. Colin Shields has been inducted into the British Hockey Hall of Fame. He'll join us for a chat. We'll be asking JJ Pickenich to answer your TFA questions. Joel's going to dig into the Elite League news. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to look ahead to the first home doubleheader of the season as the Manchester Storm visit the SSE Arena. Normally, I start in a certain way, but I'm going to start a different way, and I'm going to say... Mr. Kitchen, it's good to see you. It's good to see you back. How here, you here. Doing? All right, gents. How are you? <laughs> all right. All right. You doing all right? Um, I'm glad we've been back up in the normal again, but it's uh, it's been a tough week, all right. The, um, the, I don't want to go into who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated, but if you're not vaccinated, get your vaccinations. Um, <laughs> it's It's been a tough, tough week. Um, just glad I had mine and, and the staff at the Ulster Hospital. Um I couldn't thank him enough, so um, they've been absolutely brilliant. And yeah, just glad to be back with talking hockey because I've missed it. Like, yeah, mate, we're, we're very pleased. As we all are very pleased to see you sat there, um, Mister McJimsey. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, just like like you, echo what you said there. Great to have says back. It was for a few days there when the WhatsApp had gone quiet and. You know, unfortunately, it's not, it's not always my fault that goes quite like yeah. <laughs> find, find yourself in the in the Ulster of all places. But I'm glad they looked after you. Glad they're back. I glad you're back home with wee jazz and so looking good again. Here, here, Joy, keep well. Yeah, we're we're just going around the the table and uh, saying that we're happy to see says back, Patty. It's, yeah, it's that's much, all it is tonight. Pretty much, uh, ge- genuinely echo the boys. Uh, it was was scary for a couple of days. It's nice to see. Uh, Nice to see our pal back out there, and, and I hope the, the recovery keeps on going. And uh, shout out to the doctors and nurses, heroes always. Absolutely. Here, here. Right, let's get stuck in. Let's talk some hockey. Um, the Belfast Giants, as I said, had the game against the, the Glasgow clan postponed on Saturday due to COP26, uh, and therefore the only game of the weekend was away at the DIA against the Dundee Stars. It was a 4-1 victory for your Belfast Giants. The Giants goals coming from JJ Pignich on the power play, Kieran Long, Pignich with the second power play goal, and Cam Knight uh, running it out. I'm going to come back to that, actually, because that's different to what it was called by Premier Sports on the night. Um, regards to the. Yeah, it's no, it's not. It's not, not, not correct. Okay, not right. I'm not I'm right. taking them directly from the elite league. Yeah, uh, I mean. and the Dundee Stars. Tom Tom Rutgers with the only goal they had. Adam Morrison and Nets for the Dundee Stars lasted 53 minutes before he left with <clears> what <throat> seemed to be cramps. 59 shots on, three goals against. He was replaced by Brighton Priest. Uh, one shot on, one goal against. Six minutes played. Tyler Beskarwani, 17 shots is all that he faced. One goal against. Your referees were Pavel Hallis. 
Daniel Ferguson. Uh, Mr. McGimsey, I'll start with you. It was a good victory, but a bad-tempered affair. It was, and it's hard to get any kind of rhythm going when you're constantly either killing penalties or on your on the power play for, for either team. And it was a bit disjointed, <clears throat> the whole... Certainly the first half of the game was a little bit disjointed, special teams going all the time. And that for those players in our team that don't necessarily kill penalties or play on the power play, then they're struggling for their ice time and to get warm and get going in the game. Um, I thought that Dundee Stars hung in more than anything. I thought, as far as I was concerned, I thought we did really... It was, it was a pretty good performance from us in terms of our power play that hasn't been like really far. And I, I felt we got a lot of chances in the power play. Certainly had a lot of shots in the power play. Um, I think more than half our shots on the night were, were special teams, but that's a bit of, of, of what you're saying there about the, the whole sort of the whole game being played and that sort of bad tempered affair. A lot of roughing penalties, and obviously, will come on. I've, I've, I've thread, I've cut it into the highlights. So, the if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the Haas incident, which we'll go on to talk about. But in terms of the game. You know, that line again, we've got a lot of scoring or we've got a lot of chances from the back end we're creating there. We're putting a wee bit more traffic in front of, of um, Marshall when we had to. But, you know, I thought the, the score line wasn't as comfortable. A 2-1, it was still could have went either way. And a 2-1, it really should have been 4-1 or 5-1. We created enough. It's in this a 2-1 game, game. We're playing great. <laughs> we had created enough. You threw me there. Um, Cam Knight, nice. I think Cam Knight on, this, on the night had 11 shots himself. You know, so a lot from the back end in terms of productivity, 70-30 in the power play. Again, over 50 power plays or 50 face-offs tonight and over 70% of Belfast chance. So we had a lot of puck possession and we worked it. We chipped and chased well. We got in behind and we turned them and, and we forced them into mistakes, forced them into penalties at the time and then used the extra man twice on the night. I think we've got two power play goals in the night, one on the five-on-three, which is nice because we've had a few few looks on the five-on-three this season, haven't came up with goals. We've been a little bit static. So, Puck got moved a bit more, got moved back to the day, and we had them booming shots with a bit of traffic in front, and that, that came up trumps. Obviously, there's a key moment there in the game at 2-0. We had the penalty shot. I'll let Scissor somebody come on and talk about it, but that was critical. If we'd have went 3-0 then, it's a big swing, and they've came and scored on the next shift and made it 2-1. So, massive swing in the game, but as I say, I'll pass that on to somebody else to have a chat about well, that's it, Simon. You know, the the stars were short benched. Sills was suspended on Sunday morning for events in in Manchester the night before. The stars were up against it, and the Giants, you know, they capitalised on that. Look, I've been involved in teams before when you've been, you know, you're skating away or you're heading away in a game with, for argument's sake, ten, twelve, maybe thirteen players, and it's sometimes it can get be your benefit as well as as what your detriment because you get out there more ice, you get you know you get more comfortable in the puck, you get. You know, you, you, players just want to play. I've said this until I'm blue in the foot and face. You know, they don't want to practice all day long. They want to play games. And, and Dundee, you've got games coming out their ears at the minute as well. And, you know, I was looking at the end stats, and there's, there's, I can't remember who it was. I think it might be Dryden Dow played nearly 32 minutes. Um, you know, their their whole defensive core, they lost Ingles. Um, I think it was at the start of the second period. I hope he's okay, by the way. He's been... You know, I think I think that may be a contributing factor to this that's just coming up now. I think that Haas thinks that Boucher knocked Ingles down and injured Ingles during that play. And you can see from the video clearly that there that is definitely not the case. You know, mm-hmm. he, he basically went over on the... And in all fairness, you talk about players coming in and Daxwood breaking ankles for a living. Boucher just makes a great move on him. He, he ends up losing his balance. And he goes over on it. He looks like he's twisted his knee. And I know Ingles is, a, is an important wee player for, for Dundee. And I hope it is. I hope he is okay. I never like to see 
any players going down and getting hurt. Um, but the the whole aspect of that 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 second period itself, what Davy was touching on, you know, getting that power play goal, great to see Kieran Long getting a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, to be honest, I didn't really recognise him since he shaved his, his most of his fuzzy face off. Um, <laughs> and then you know he gets the game winner, and I think he got man of the match that night as okay. well. So you know, great to see that those guys are getting rewarded and, and getting the the goals as well. But it's always a tough, tough game when you're playing against a short bench. What was it? Was it the Newcastle Vipers? Eleven, or eleven players. All these, yeah, they came into Belfast. We nobody gave them a hope. I think everybody in their rank opened up a betting account that night, <laughs> um, and the boogies took them to the cleaners. And it was one of them ones where you just know that it's going to come back in your face, and that's exactly what happened that night against Newcastle. And luckily enough, last weekend against Dundee in the and Dundee Ice Arena, it didn't. And we we you know you see a lot of criticism online about teams going, oh, we should be absolutely hammering these teams, and when you're going out there to Dundee. It's a load of nonsense. It's this league is not an easy league to play. And every single game you play, whether you're playing against a nineteen or a twenty strong bench, or you're playing against a thirteen or fourteen bench, we're killing penalties all night. These guys want to win. They're professional hockey players. So it's always going to be tough. Coming out with two points on any win to me is a success. That's it. It's the easiest way of looking at it. Yes, you want to play well. Yes, you want to score more goals. And yes, you want to, you know, you want to see more excitement. But it's not always works out that way. So, you know, Adam, I listened to Adam's interview after the game with Murph and, and Paul Eady. Um, you know, when you and, and when you hear the head coach, Adam's I don't think anybody could ever argue about the way Adam comes out and reports it on a game the way he sees it, because he's always honest about it. And I would rather listen to him than watch anybody, any fan and what their opinion is on Twitter, Facebook, or being at the game. I don't care what the say. He knows what he's talking about. Or the podcast, absolutely. So what do we know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. The uh, Joel, the Giants scored two power play goals, as was pointed out from eight, from eight power plays, including that a few five-on-threes when was scored on, as Davey said. Uh, overall, I thought that you know the Giants had to put a performance on here, given, our, given how we've been playing in the league. We wanted to put a performance <clears> on there. Were you pleased with what you saw? Do you know what? I've had a wee bit of time to to sort of think about this game, uh, and you know, like I, I had sort of maybe been a bit more lit up uh, after watching it than I am now. And I think I, to be honest, I agree with with what Simon's saying. You know, we we went into their building that night fighting a wounded animal. Um, you can see from the, and it's not. David Majemsi slash giant stat team stats because I'm not important enough to see those. But on the Elite League website, if you look at the stats, you know the the number of faceoffs that we won, um, the the number of shots, full stop, let alone shots on goal. That the EHL website has it at over 80 shots and 40 odd on goal. Um, you know, so you can tell that that we're doing those things right. I think Dundee, to their credit, with their short bench, they they collapsed really well around Adam Morrison. I think they were they were playing a, a protective game of him, oh, sorry, <coughs> with him, and and they were limited us to the perimeter. If you look, uh, I. I like some of the wee tools on, on the new kind of EHL website. You can see the sort of uh, shot map. And it looks like the Giants were, to be honest, held to the perimeter quite a lot again during that game. Um, I think, you know, two of the goals were in close, to be fair. But the vast, vast majority of those 80-odd shots came from from further away from the crease. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm seeing improvement in the things that we're talking about. Winning face-offs, getting more shots on goal. Um, I think the power play, as you said, Paddy, was much improved. I think our movement in the zone was far, far better than I've seen in recent weeks. We were moving the puck really well, um, and that's shown that by by a couple of goals on the power play as well. Um, yeah, look, at th- these kinds of games, 
fighting a wounded animal you're fighting a team that are that are out there and they know they're in one uh, and they're going to do everything they can and, and that spilled over into the physicality of the game which i'm sure we'll cover well that's it i think that's going to bring us to one of the major incidents that's been mentioned already um i actually just want to bring it up so it's, uh, it's, it's a, <laughs> a bit of a musical interlude just gonna let it run just gonna let it run yeah absolutely the um <laughs> cal has toward the end of the second period comes out of the box having served a two-minute roughing penalty makes a beeline for jordan boucher uh the action earned him a five plus game on the night and a subsequent three game suspension part of that as uh, due to being a repeat offender. Um, key points from the Dops uh, video is the fact that there was a, there was momentum on the play. Uh, he wasn't playing the puck. His hand comes off the stick and he raises it to bring contact with the head. Um, <clears throat> I'll start with you, Mr. Bajemsey, because I think uh, words that you were along the lines of what was he thinking? Oh, he's on mute. He's on mute, Davey. You're on mute. Two years of a pandemic. Probably just as well, because I think you were going to have to bleep that. Um, (laughs) I'll go again. Um, I thought it was a chicken shit move. He's jumped out of the box, and he's he's just, from the moment he sets foot on the ice, he's targeting Boucher. He he, he never changes his stride to go anywhere, and you can say it's because Boucher's coming around with the puck. He targets him. He targets his head. As he makes the check, he lifts off his feet, so he's extending up and into the head area. It's naughty. It's unnecessary. We'll, we'll come on to the, maybe the hit in the Sheffield game as well, and we talk about this in the podcast all the time, about the necessity of a hit. In the game, in the modern game, Scott Stevens can go and make that hit how many years ago? 25 years ago, 30 years ago? But Scott Stevens made 11 out of these hits. People come into the blue line with their heads slightly down. He barreled them. Says that it, it was part of the game, man. We know more about concussions now. We more know more about brain injuries. And essentially, this is a game as well, where and it's somebody's job. And, and Boucher could very well have been out of work, out of a job, out of a career there by a couple of inches. It's nasty. It's to the head. It's unnecessary. And I don't personally think, just because it's a Belfast jam, by the way, that Dops have quite been strict enough in this situation. But I don't think they've been particularly strict at all this week. Yeah, there's there's a there's a little bit of uh, controversy over a couple of calls from Dobbs and something we'll no doubt we'll, I, I, we'll I think I think that, I think there's I'm, I'm I hope they're not levying that Dundee are dying on bodies with injuries and and other things and and short and the product this season and we, we had that podcast at the start of the season when Seth and Ellie and stuff were on and we talked about this bench size of nineteen. <clears throat> it's killing. It's helping to kill the product here. Yeah. I was watching. When I was going through, when when we were doing, trying to bring up a couple of wee things for the Sheds the Hall of Fame thing, and I was going back through some old games to her today, 2019, uh, the 2019 season when we won it, and Johnny Boxall had scored a goal on the fourth line, and how brilliant it was. And, and Mason says we're commentating on it, how brilliant it was that we were getting goals from our fourth line. We don't even ha- really, we're, we're running three and a half lines. Somebody's having to double up to play a fourth line. We're killing the, we're, we're shrinking the product rather than trying to build on what, the success that made over a number of years. Now, it might be finance or whatever, but that's just, you know, is that a factor for tops? Don't know. Says your take on it? It's hard to argue what Davey said. You know, first of all, I love a big open ice hit. I mean, I, 
I, I, I don't think it should be taken away from the game if it's done Great. properly. Um, I, I, I love seeing the physicality in ice hockey. It, it's sort of that's what got me involved. And I remember my mum and dad coming when I was sixteen years of age to play against the the Banger team that were played in Dundonald, and I hit their coach Lawrence Maxwell from about three feet outside the penalty, old penalty box at Dundonald Ice Bowl, and put him into the box, and. You know, my at that stage my balls hadn't even dropped. So when he looked up and he, he looked up and he looked over the bench and he says, "Who hit me?" And I, me. You know, I, I, just, I just loved open ice hits. I've just loved, you know, Kyle Haas for me is the type of guy that I probably was, but I don't ever remember taking a run at a player with the intention or looking like the intention of absolutely making sure this guy doesn't get up. And the way Davis explained that when he came out of the penalty box, he does it's like it's like it's, it's like a laser. It's in his as soon as he steps on the ice, he knows exactly what he's yep, doing. He knows exactly where he's going and he knows he's going to target the upper part of, of Boucher's head. He's done it every single game this season. Now you know we can go in and do the the the, the giants need to be tougher, the giants need to be more physical, the giants need to be this and that and do you know what? Yeah, we probably could be a wee bit tougher this year, but the league is changing. This isn't the first time you've heard it from me, Adam, Steve, and anybody else outside that you know, the coaches all know it's changing. The problem that I see with it is, is that the likes of players like Kyle Haas are moving on. You know, they, they, they it's not that they're not needed in a game like this. Yes, I agree with with you know having guys there to protect your other teammates. I absolutely get that. But not players that are coming in with the looks like the intention of potentially ending somebody's career. Davies just touched on it. You know, guys that, you know, they, they want to come in. Jordan Boucher is, what, 26, 27 years of age? You know, if he catches him slightly to the left as he's approaching with the elbow, yep. he might never play a hockey game again. You know, and, yep. and you know, for, for Kyle Haas... You know, I don't know if there's not much going up in the top of his head because you know you, you watch the way he plays the game. Physical, no issue. Going down the front line, you're getting cross checked. Absolutely love it. No problem with that whatsoever. Getting your guy away from the goaltender so you can see, you know, make sure your goaltender can see the puck. By all means, Kyle, knock yourself out, son. But you need to take a good look at yourself because you're, you, if he's just coming in here to this league to basically try and be the most penalty minutes in a season, he's got a brave chance of doing it if he keeps on going the way he's going. However. It's saying that Bush just catches him as he's coming across the ice. He just looks up at the right time and he manages to evade getting absolutely crushed and not finishing that game. Now, I don't know how much ice time he had at that point and I don't know how much ice time he had after that point. I'm pretty sure he didn't get as much as what he probably normally would have. Um, you know, again, I looked at the end stats and, and his, his, his minutes weren't up there compared to what his, his average game would be. Um, yeah, but for me again, Kyle Haas puts his team in a difficult position because they're already short-handed. They, they they came into the game bodies down. They lost Ingles uh, during that second period as well. They then lose Haas, um, and at the same time, they're already getting a penalty for Concampera. So yep. put them on a five-on-three. All right, five-on-three is our specialty. But um, you know, for me, he just it just looks as if he's maybe got a few screws loose, um, and. To finish off, instead of keeping on going on and on, letting Joel have a word, you know, again, watching what the fans are saying about 
you know, we're, I'm just watching them coming across here at the bottom, you know, Helvin Hell pass and fair play Darcy and one, two Darcy. By all means, Darcy, top lad. I spoke to him the other night after the game, you know, and he, and, um, and I'm really, really pleased that he did that and, and jumped in to, to help a teammate out. Top lad, no issue at all. But when I'm thinking about the likes of Haas and, you know, doing what he's been, looks like he's been brought in to do, um, he just needs to be very careful in this league because the officials probably aren't clamping down on a lot of the stuff that we were told they were going to clamp down on, like those cross-checks in front of the net, Davey. You've talked about it already this season. You know, you can technically go to the front of the net and get absolutely mauled. Um, yet, all of a sudden, when you're a bit of a, you know, you're, you're probably going away from the net a wee bit and you get a bit of a shove, you're getting a two-minute penalty. Yep. So it's has for me, again, we're sitting seventh or eighth in the league, whatever it is. Dundee are, have nine games played, won one game. And if that's the way it's going to end, they're going to end up bottom because they're not going to have as many players that they end up, you know, playing as many minutes because they're all going to sit in the penalty box. So if it's bums on seats, then they're doing the right thing. I don't think that's the way uh, Omar Pasha coaches because I, I really like coach or, or Pasha's a coach. But um, again, it, it, it's Haas just doesn't seem as if he's he's too much up top. A good point there, Joel, made by says is the fact that the action he you're hearing like from guys at the game who saw that in the penalty box before he comes out, he was already, you know, agitated and ready to go. He comes out of the penalty box and makes a beeline for Boucher, he takes him down. But ultimately, he's out of the game, short bench or even shorter bench now with an import lost and up just a, overall a bad decision. I'm glad he's not on my team, boys. Put it that way. You know, for all the things that he may do well in terms of the physical edge I of his game. Take him. Don't get me wrong. I would take as a player. I would try for interrupting Joel. You know, I I love that type of player. I I really do love that. But type what's of the trade up? But, but that's the trade up. Hundred percent. That that's what you've got to take into consideration. Totally get that. Uh, yeah, I get, and that's what I mean. Like, I mean, those those aspects to this game, I like it. I like physical play, whatever else. But if you've got a team that are already scraping the barrel in terms of numbers on the bench, and he thinks that that's you've two minutes to sit and cool off in that box, it's not a red mess moment. That's a premeditated, straight out of the box, down the train tracks hit on that guy on on Bush. Sorry, uh, that's that's not a team first guy. That's somebody who's going to cost your team regardless of of the physical stuff that he does well. Personal opinion. Um, he he sort of that that side of it that that aspect of the game. There's an era of the EIHL, sort of the earlier EIHL that I look back on now and I kind of cringe. There's a certain circusy element that I'm glad that we've actually professionalized away from. You look at guys like, and I've mentioned them before recently, Devin Didiomidi, Joe Grimaldi, uh, Derek Campbell in his day. Uh, and even personally, I, I, I'm not a big Sean McMorrow guy. I know that there's feelings uh, around the around the arena, kind of good and bad about McMorrow. I think he left a, a reputation of hockey in Belfast that it's still trying to shake off, sort of pro wrestling circus edge to it. And this well, guy, maybe maybe, maybe Rushton more than McMorrow. Rushton more, definitely Rushton more. Uh, I, I wasn't born, Davy. So, um, <laughs> uh, but he just he reminds me of that era. I just I think I think we're we're beyond that. Uh, it, it looks like so, like a hit like that out of the box. It looks like something out of Quebec, like the LNAH or those kind of just fighting leagues. I just don't think there's any place for it, and, and I certainly wouldn't have one on my own team. Um, to follow up on what says said about about Darcy, um, there were a few kind of chirps saying, "Oh, you know, the, the only player to step up is Darcy Murphy. What's going on?" Darcy was right in front of it. You know, Darcy was the closest man to the action and got tangled up because he was the man on the spot. You know, and, and at that time, what we're two two one up, we're, we're just about holding on to a lead. We're on the road. Um, I don't know that. 
that that causing a line brawl there, having a having a five on five scrap in the middle of the ice does us any favors either. You know, Darcy got tangled up. I hope that at some point this season, uh, within the code, that Kyle Haas gets what's coming to him. Um, but but it, it didn't suit me for that personally. And I think fair play to Darcy for stepping up. But I, I wasn't expecting someone to come in from behind and, and sort of be the third man in and, and get in more trouble there. Um, but yeah, look, it's uh, it's left a bad taste in my mouth to be honest. It's something he's telegraphed all season. For some reason, he's been on the hunt for Jordan Boucher all season long. Got his chance there and uh, made a fool of himself and harmed his team. Quickly, sorry, says you're on. says. Sorry, what was the final? Um, he got, did he get a three-game suspension? Three-game. Well, I'm just about to go. I'm just about sorry, to go the horn here and just say, well, three-game suspension, yes or no. Uh, we're going to come back to Dops, but yes or no, was uh, is three games correct, Simon? Well, I'm, I'm pleased he got a suspension instead of a fine. Suspension and a fine. Suspension and a fine. But again, I'm not too sure which way the fines work out. If it's a player's fine, it hits them harder. If it's a team fine, I don't know what way that works. David? Um, I think at the start of the season, they kind of set their stall out. They were going to suspend players. And then first up, didn't Haas get the suspension? Or sorry, the fine. And then he got a suspension. And now he's had a suspension and a fine. So I guess it's third time, maybe even fourth time, he's been in front of tops in what's only like week, week eight of the season. Um you know, Joel talked about liability, and I don't think it's enough. I think because of the time he had to sit in the penalty box and premeditate what he was about to do and came out and did it. Like, he didn't do anything. He jumps out of the penalty box in a straight line, Boucher, to the head from 75, 80 feet, gets his speed up, glides into it. This is the mitigating circumstances that a lot of people on Twitter took to. It's not charging. It's clearly charging. It's yep. to the head. And I think he's done very, very... I said to use on the WhatsApp, he's going to miss a couple of weekends. He's missing three games. I think he could have missed two weekends, or two weekends out of it, four games, five games, whatever. Um, but I think he's been very fortunate. He'll need to be sitting for three games. Very fortunate. Joel? Joel? There seems to be formulas at work with Dops at the BCSC and Maths, so I don't understand what's going on with how they're waiting. Hello, sorry, do you not get me there? Um, yep, yeah, yep. like I, I just, I, I don't understand Dobbs's rationale. I, do, I don't understand the, the mathematical formula they're using. There's different weightings and different considerations going on. Um, I'm just glad Dobbs are in and gave him three games. For, for where we are in the season, for the fact that I can't make head nor tail of very many Dobbs decisions, I'll take it and hopefully he gets his within the code. One thing I'll say about Dobbs, and I, can't, I might have been Ox was talking to you earlier on, has been suspended for the next three games only helps three of our opponents to play against a weaker team. There's no... Cardiff, <laughs> Cardiff, Guildford and Manchester. Okay, there's yeah. there's no... And this is a really We don't benefit way of, from this. Yes, there's crass way of putting it. You know, there's no suspension compensation, if you like, for the Belfast Giants there. We actually <clears throat> could have lost a player. Um, and, okay, we, we managed to play against a, a weekend, an extra weekend Dundee for the last 20 minutes of that game. They don't have to play short and import, but they don't have a spare import, so it makes no difference. They're effectively going to play short and import now for three games. But under the new DOPS rules, under the new league rules, if your player gets suspended, you can still play full bench if you've got those you spare go. players. <clears throat> don't just, don't. just for the record, the fourth game back, who's it against? Is us. it us? <laughs> <laughs> Mark it in your calendars, people. 28th of November in Dundee and Belfast. His fourth game, the game back from suspension is against us. Yeah. 
maybe you'll get something on the first face off. You never know. <clears throat> but um, he needs to answer the bell for that. But uh, as I say, the, the top suspension thing, it's funny in our league because effectively we're losing out in a, in a kind of funny way, but it is yeah. what it is. Right. Uh, the that game, I say you highlight. I don't, there are a few highlights online that you can check it out on YouTube. Um, thanks to Elite League and Premier Sports for the footage and for the Dops stuff. That was a 4 1 win for your Belfast Giants. We're going to move on, uh, because today it was announced that Colin Shields joins Jim Gillespie on, on being in, as part of the Belfast Giants inducted to the British Ice Hockey Hall of Fame. So, who else are we going to talk? going to talk to than a man who's always very welcome on this show joined us many times it is your all-time top point scorer and goal scorer for the belfast giants mr and now hall of fame inductee there he is mr colin shields congratulations turn your phone around thanks for having me on appreciate that oh jesus i'm not professional it works for our YouTube guys. You're, you're in mean. HD now. You're in HD. Uh, that was tough. Congratulations. How did you find out? Um, thanks. Yeah, Jim and uh, the guys from the Hall of Fame got in touch probably a couple months ago, um, actually, about it. So I've known for quite a while. Um, and I think, uh, yeah. And then today was just the day that Jim got in touch and said that he wanted to come by with the presentation and um so it was nice for him to come by and take the time and um yeah so it was definitely an honor and it was nice to see a lot of recognition i put out a little message online about it and um you guys got in touch too so it was nice um wasn't really expecting as much feedback from it as that i got so a little flattering and um you know always a pleasure to talk to you guys about it too shared some first off congratulations i know we spoke earlier but um we, we talked in, in that one-on-one with it during lockdown about you know your career being over on the ice and it would be a time of reflection that you would be able to look back. This must be up there with something that you're going to be really, really proud of. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think if you retire, you don't really think about going into Hockey Hall of Fame, British or America, or any Hockey Hall of Fame. It was something that wasn't even on my radar. I wasn't even thinking about it. So it's definitely very... I guess shocking and very honored to be mentioned in the same breath as a lot of people that have had a big impact impact on British hockey. Because sometimes I feel like I didn't. I just played and did my thing, and that was it. So um, definitely honored, and, and it was a little bit flattering today when I put it out because I didn't really expect to get the same or the reaction that I did from people. So um, as I say, it was definitely a, a good feedback that depth for sure. I can hear you're working on your Northern Ireland accent now that you're retired. <laughs> well, you, can def- you can definitely hear the difference coming out, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, I, heard, I, know, can't say, I can't even chirp you now. I'm, I'm just not going to chirp me if you want. You can chirp me if you want, but we're, you know, we have to be nice. We don't have to be as nice to you better. anymore. What? I just said, I'm glad you're feeling better. <laughs> yeah, well done, son. <laughs> the, um, listen, just to follow up on the David said. I take the high road on this. Since when? <laughs> I'm the I big, take I the high road, guy. 
I would, I would not pass that. The, um, just to follow up on Davey, congratulations, man. It's absolutely well-deserved. You know, you've been around the game for, for a long, long time. I, I mean, I, I even played against you. Um, but, that uh, is a long time. You know, that is a long time. Um, but when you when you think back to the, the early days of your career, obviously with Paisley and your dad coaching and, and Laguna Arena, and, and you know, you, you, you think of, what is that, 30, 30 well, 26, 27 years ago, something like that. I'm thinking 30 for me. But um, you know, you're you, you think back to those days, and you you, you think of, of playing against you know some of the the the, guy, the mad ones back there. We were just talking about the situation of the game at the weekend there, and maybe parts of it were of um, 1990s ass cocky and, and the physicality inside of things. But you know, you've come a long way from from a wee weedy character playing in the Lagoon Centre and then uh, Paisley. Yeah, I mean, it seems like forever ago, as you said, but it also seems like not that long ago. And um, going way back then, I think you just you play for the love of the game. And I think I tried to play as long as I still was in love with the game. And I think physically, I felt I probably could have kept playing, but you know, you know, the time is right to kind of step away. And um, you know, I'm definitely proud of the career I had and all the people along the way that helped me out. My dad, my mom, and dad got me started out playing and. Um, all those, you know, going back to all people back in the day, like my parents were still working, you know, flat out when I was around that 10, 11, 12, 13 year old age. And we're laughing the other day, and you're just like getting lists from people that go practice and rinks all over Scotland that were, you know, rinks out in like Cumbernauld and um, the time capsule, <laughs> like anywhere you can get anywhere you can get ice. Like we were even practicing at East Kilbride, which was like uh, that the rankness in the shopping center with plastic pucks at 10 at night. So, um, I mean, going back to, to then, it's just, those are the memories that you have going back to even before you, you know, the NHL was probably like a, you know, a long, long way away. And I think once you got to like a, you know, mid teens, I was talking to someone about it today. Once you get kind of to that 17, 18 year old age, and then I was playing over in Canada and the States, you start to have success at that level over there. You start to realize like, okay, I'm a kid from Scotland or from the UK who's starting to outshine players over in Canada or America and starting to like lead leagues and scoring and get offered scholarships from like top universities. And then it's things when you take a step back now, as you said, that you look at that and you, that's like, wow, like I know Liam Kirk's doing great and Tony DeGrade and some other players are over there. But like you look back and some of the things that are, some of the things that are done and, and some of the accomplishments that I did and, um, you know, it's it's kind of just nice to look back. I mean, I didn't obviously reach my ultimate goal of playing the NHL, but I felt like I gave it a very good shot. And you know, to get drafted and to play at Maine, a full scholarship, and and all the things I've done, and playing the elite league as long as I did, and for Team GB, and definitely, um, you know, not like tears in the eyes, but it's definitely part of my career and where I ended up. Yeah, but again, you, you mean at the end of the day, you know, just before you, you had Tony Hand that went over, you know, probably 10 years beforehand. He didn't give it any sort of chance. And, you know, I think when he played a handful of games in Edmonton. But, you know, you're you're a pioneer from this side of things. You know, when you look at the, the kids who have taken that chance and you were lucky enough to have some breaks along the way, as you've already pointed out on, on some of the times we've had on before and some of the stories you've told us. But, I mean, you look at the guys who have, have went over there now. You've obviously had the likes of, you know, Scott Conway's played in the um, and for Providence. You've had some of the other kids that have who have went across the the water uh, to North America and they're coming back. And um, and obviously now we have Liam Kirk. So it's, it's something that you should be very, very, very proud of because it's a, you know, leaving home as a 14, 15 year old 
kid in North America is the is for if you want to play hockey as a career is the go to thing. That doesn't happen very often from the UK. Yeah, and then not to kind of pat myself on the back, like even back then it was a lot different. It wasn't. Oh, I mean, we were. I got shipped. My parents. My parents said I don't like her very much, but they shipped me off to Notre Dame, Saskatchewan. It was literally like plane ticket, phone number, someone like when you get there, like you know, <laughs> showing up on a Saturday. We talked about this showing up on a Saturday, and like everyone's like, "Who are you?" And it's just like you've got no, you know, it's not like you jump on your phone and send a text or you FaceTime your parents or like call someone. Like it's like, you know, you're just on your own. And um, those first couple of years were tough. But once I started to, when I say tough, I mean off the ice, on the ice and stuff, you were, I was doing something that I loved. And all of a sudden I went from playing hockey in Scotland where there maybe had, you maybe had say five or six close friends that played hockey. Now you're at a place where there's hundreds of people that play hockey. So you're just right in the mix. and um, But it wasn't really till kind of like went with like Kitchener and then on to Cleveland where I started to have some real success where you're starting to see, okay, this is something I can make a real run at it with. Uh, Sheds, I've said it on Twitter for years and, and I've, I've never been joking, the, the greatest British hockey player of all time. Uh, I know that other people will have opinions about your Tony Hans. Some people will talk about Liam Kirk, but uh, but it's Colin Shields for me and, and congratulations. I think we now start the campaign to have it renamed the Jim Gillespie Colin Shields UK Hockey Hall of Fame or like at least one of the wings or something. Um, listen, yeah, uh, uh, my, my wife, my wife Danielle is just in the door from TPF. She's, uh, she's training there this evening and um, I've th- thankfully been able to kind of keep up to date with what's been going on with TPF and, and with yourself through that. Um, you'll tell me that I should probably be in the gym myself, but I know. Um, can you can you bring us up to speed on TPF and, and the ongoing evolution of it? Obviously, Barb's doing great work in the building as well. The classes, the sort of clientele that you continue to attract um, and also the sort of golf side of things as well. You know, I feel like you've moved from the pro sports side. I, like, I, I think pro athletes never lose that competitive edge. I think you've always got it, whether it's in business or, or whether it's whatever. And I think to me, that feels like a channel for you to sort of, you, you, you need to beat yourself up a little bit to try and master something new. You got to get competitive, whatever else. So what's going on in your life right now? How's TPF and, uh, and how are you doing on the links? Yeah, everything's going really well. I think um, the gym is really trending in the right direction. I was very fortunate to be able to, we talked about this before, that I was able to start my post-hockey career while I was still playing. Yeah. Um, and that's not something for everybody. I mean, I had four or five years where we've talked about this, where I had long, long days and, and you're working, you know, till, till nine at night from, from Monday to Friday and then you're playing hockey on the weekends, obviously with practices and games and workouts mixed in there. So that groundwork that I laid prior to finishing um was something that was tough at the time but it was something when i stepped away from the game i was able to manage my own time now and able to take more time for my family um and relax a little bit more rather than being stressed out about about having to um to worry about getting a job and not to get too much into it but i wish that was something that um the elite league and the teams did a bit more for the british players um, because I think if you look at it's another topic, but if you look at across the league, I think a lot of teams spend a lot of time um, investing and in bringing over imports and making sure those guys are getting educations and and maybe saving money and doing this and that. And then those guys just leave and then they come here for a few years and then that's it. They're never coming back. Whereas British players invest their time, they stay with teams, they take less money, and they're not being set up for anything after hockey when there's so much time. Like I, I, what I did, not, it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. but I still think the players should be offered 
things or being shown guidance or able to get other jobs or um, to be able to try and set themselves up for post career because trust me, like as everybody on the podcast knows, you've talked to enough players when that last paycheck comes in hockey, not that their paychecks rent to write home about as we've talked about, but you need to have something else set up. And I think you see a lot of players hanging on, hanging on, hanging on because they're worried about what's going to happen after. And then you see a lot of players take a lot of time to find their foot. So um, I was very fortunate I was able to set it up while still playing. Uh, maybe that's not, you don't want to go in as <laughs> full throttle as that did. I mean, I'd probably blame Johnny Cook for that because he sort of was like, <laughs> you know, you got to strike when it's hot. But, um, but yeah, I think just now that I'm out of the game, I think that's something I wish, speaking to other British players around the league, that I wish that the team sort of did to help out the British players and, and the national team players. And then to follow up on the golfing, um, yeah, I've, I'm full into that. I'm totally obsessed. Um, Is that filling the gap for you in terms of competition? Are you getting your kind of competitive yeah, I mean, feeling from that? Yeah, I mean, we play so many times every week and um, we play pretty intense. And I last year was just so obsessed with trying to get my handicap down. And then I lost my marbles a little bit last summer and just couldn't get the ball off. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, but uh, but needless to say, I'm back in the win- when the winner's circle now, so um, the confidence is back a little bit. But it, yeah, we get fired up. I was playing with John Small on Laura's dad, yeah. of course, and then and tough then match. Jim's brother in law. Tough match to the point where John was so <laughs> upset that he was possibly going to leave that he walked off after the 16th hole. But <laughs> he might tell you a different story. But there was an incident that took place where this was a non competition match where I was called for taking an unreasonable amount of time looking for my ball, which I proceeded <laughs> to find and then make a par. And then I said, hey, uh, you said you would be upset if you were about to go from four up to losing the match too. So okay, so. <laughs> we, sh- we shook hands after and we had a beer and uh, we smoothed things up. Go. So the rematch is on Sunday. The rematch is on Sunday, so we'll see how that goes. Shes, let's bring it back to the, the Hall of Fame and the, and the discussion around your career before we, before we close it out here. <clears throat> you almost had three careers. You had your North American one, you had your Elite League one, and you had your Team GB one. This is probably a difficult question. Can you pinpoint quickly one thing from each of those careers that would be a, a standout moment? Um, oh, that's tough, that one, isn't it? Um, I really I kind of enjoyed my time almost almost everywhere. Um, and there was little bits of positives and negatives, I'd say, for everything, probably like, like all things. Um, in North America, the, the fondest times I probably had were um, kind of around that Cleveland time because as I said I started to have some real success and the owners of the team there were such a great family and the coach um, passed away a few years ago Tim Alexander he was so great to, to us and my family and made so many friends there that I'm still in, in great touch with and kind of that transition into Maine and, and being part of such a big program there Sean Walsh and um, he also passed away and then and, and just making lots of friends and, and the experiences playing in two national championship games um, kind of that period around there. Um, and, and then I'd say the negative, the kind of dark days would be kind of my couple of years pro in North America. I just think I didn't at the time probably adapt into the pro style quite early enough. It took me a few years to find my feet. Um, and I think maybe if I had done that earlier, things might have been a little bit different. But there's no regrets as far as that goes. And then uh, 
I think as far as domestic and, and you know, playing for the Giants and the amount of experience and, and great <clears throat> years we had and so many great teams and players that came through and we talked about the different ones and different championships and those are the memories that sort of you, you focus on and, and um, for Team GB it just there was just like a core group that seemed to be like my first few years there was so many older guys not I mean I was an old guy at the end but like older guys on the team and that transition where a lot of the younger guys like Jonathan Phillips, David Clark, Dave Phillips, uh, Matthew Myers, all those guys start coming through, Stephen Murphy, um, like Peaks, um, Jonathan Weaver, all that kind of core group stayed together for so long. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there's not much many guys left from that. And I feel like in the next couple of years, it's going to completely change. Um, so just the memories we have with those guys, they just had so many, so much fun. Probably the first 10 years we had too much fun. <laughs> um, you know what I mean, but dude, that was learned from the older guys. But but then once we sort of dialed it in a little bit, and we kind of picked our spots, I think um, that's when we start to really see the the on ice stuff take care of itself. We had the younger guys coming through, you know, like Robert Dowd and Blackwoods and those guys, and and Ben Bounds and obviously Stephen was involved a lot too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so many great memories of hockey and just learning from the other guys. I think that's something that's maybe because the game is younger now. I think teams kind of lose that a little bit now i think there's, there's such a big turnover not just same with the giants but you kind of lose that thing where you're kind of learning from the older guys like when i came in even to the giants and you had you know like rob stewart jason bowen all those kind of older statesmen you know um it's part todd kalman and then you know going through the years just learning from all the older guys and then hopefully i was able to pass that on to the to the younger guys the last few years that i played and the same goes for the GB team, the younger guys coming through. And then my first few years, I was talking to someone today, and like the Paul Eddy was on the the team, Tony Hand, uh, like Rick Brabant, like some of these names, like from my first years on Team GB. And uh, you know, it's mad to think that I'm that old that I play with those guys because those guys seem so old even to me. So, um, but uh, you know, I'm sure when the younger guys look back and in 10, 15 years, they'll be like, man, I can't believe I play with Sheds. Like he's so old. But, uh, but yeah, so many great memories. So many great memories, and I think it's Sids for flip sticks. But... <laughs> Deep. The, uh, <laughs> oh, just, just, a, just a quick last question for me, Sheds. Uh, we saw the, uh, we saw the picture there of you being presented the, uh, the, the certificate by by Jim Graves. Where's that going to go? Um. Well, it definitely doesn't. Just add it to the collection um, of certificates and trophies. Well, and I was going to say, and... I'd say I'd put it downstairs in the living room, but I don't think it goes with our decorative ensemble that i don't even know that's the right words whatever theme <laughs> we're going with in our living room i'm not really like thanks way items there yeah if I'm, I'm not really into like to select any items that are allowed to go Sheds. anywhere the answer is so. it's going in davy majimsey's office <laughs> <laughs> stevie robinson's got a fight for it but <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't sell it if ever finish the other <laughs> if ever finish the rest of the house then we'll uh try and find a nice spot but, but no that was nice and i appreciate jim taking the time i know we had a bit of a uh tough time trying to get things sorted out so it was nice that he took the time out of his day to um come over and, and uh you know the other guys from the hall of fame they were very nice to make some calls and um to make that happen so um, as i said it was very unexpected um to receive it and and as i say the, the feedback's been phenomenal so far and i appreciate all the messages from everybody just to wrap it up then um a final congratulations, obviously, from us all. A lot of players that we have interviewed over a lot of years often, and you have in a little bit in your interview here as well, the reference their parents, 
What about a final message for Margaret and Martin? Um, no, I mean, I was saying that earlier. I mean, it's just, you can't even put a finger on it, the amount of the impact that your parents have on you, especially in a game of hockey where you need to have so much support. It's just not only financial, but the time and effort and, uh, you know, to make everything work. I just, you could, I could never accomplish what I did um without being pushed by my dad and my mom always been there for like the shoulder to cry on and also for the support and um you know making that step to go to north america because at that age you you know you want to play hockey but it, as i say it's not you know back then you can't just facetime you can't just text and you don't have access to information and um you know so it was a big step and they, they assured me that it was the right decision and um, I know there's a lot of players that have stayed in the UK and had success, but I don't think personally I would have had anywhere close to the success I had if I hadn't gone to North America. I, mean, I would have never got a scholarship or any of that stuff. So, um, you know, I owe everything I have to them. And um, even to this day, um, you know, with a lot of stuff that I'm doing, I'll always lean on them for advice or, or um, you know, feedback on, on what to do, you know. Well, listen, Shaz, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations on the award. It is thoroughly deserved. You know, yeah. you know, we love having you on the show here. You know, you're well loved amongst all the Belfast Giants and Team GB fan base. You know, we can't think of anybody more deserving of this award. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, it's always a uh, good fun to be on with you guys. And welcome to uh, have me on anytime. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Shadzi. Cheers, Shadz. Big thank you to, to Colin Shields. Fantastic that he's been able to get that award. It's very well deserved. And, uh, you know, he just adds it to some of the many awards he's won throughout his career, Cost lifting that playoff pile. trophy and all that sort of stuff. Just another one. Just another <laughs> one on. Just another day. Just another award for the all time top know. point scorer for the Belfast Giants. Um, <clears throat> right. We're going to move on. And it's time for the fan agenda brought to you by our friends at Belfast Giants TV. And join us this week, a man who had a goal at the weekend. Well, he's had a goal most weekends. It's JJ Pickenich. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing very well. Um, we spoke early on in this show about the game against Dundee and said, well, it was a great win. It was a bit of a bad-tempered affair. What was your take on the weekend's game? Um, Like, you know, we got the win. That's the most important thing, but... Um, it wasn't one of those wins where you're like, you feel, you know, completely excellent about it. You know, it was one of those wins like, okay, we had a one game weekend, which can kind of be weird for some teams and, um, we're happy to get the win, like I just said, but we need to clean it up. Let's continue to clean it up. Let's get better. Let's use this week to get in the gym, get stronger, um, train hard and, um, kind of almost forget about that win because we want to, we want to win in a fashion where it's. We're all over you, and we're dictating everything. That game, it just seemed to me like there's just a little bit too much back and forth, and it just like you said with the, like just the tempered part of it, just all the penalties and the and just the back and forth of it all. It's just not how you, not the fashion in which you want to win a game. Nevertheless, we got the win, so you know we're looking forward to just having a back to back with Manchester and just really just get back to our brand of hockey. Goal on the power play. Um, over the last couple of weeks, the power play maybe has struggled to find the back of the net, uh, but but uh, it seemed to click a little bit better this weekend. Um, yeah, and I, I think it can click more. Like uh, sometimes you're almost sometimes it might, might sound counterintuitive, but just some like 
getting too many power plays is almost sometimes bad for the power play because you want, like you want to be playing five on five. And then when the power play comes, it's, it's that buckle down time. Let's, let's really get a good chance. And if we're not going to get a goal, we're going to, we're going to shift the ice and we're going to create momentum. You know, most times we go into a power play, we want to score, but um, it's about game. It's about gaining momentum in the game. And um, when there was just too many, when there was too many power plays last weekend, it just felt like it was almost feeding into Dundee's penalty kill. And again, you know, we have to find ways to capitalize nevertheless, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, just, Almost so many reps was almost a little bit. It was almost too many, and you know, we got to clean it up for sure. So uh, we're definitely looking to, uh, um, you know, cross those cross those T's and dot those I's uh, this weekend. You've had um, you've been on on online with Goody and, and Collins most of the season. JJ has that been a lot of fun? Uh, that, that, probably the most consistent of our lines, but he's um, been depended on for a lot of ice time. Yeah, yeah no, it's been great, and um, I think like I think a really important thing is to you know, get chemistry with as many guys as you can as early as you can. Um, but that being said, I think me, me, Conway and uh, Goody have been, have been awesome. Um, we did, we did make a couple adjustments. I think, I think Goody was off our line last game and uh, me, me and Cons have still been doing, doing great. So, um, you know, definitely we're just trying to build off that and just keep it going. And, you know, no matter what the lines are, you're just trying to build chemistry with anybody and, and everyone. So, um, you know that's been working for now, so yeah. And I guess, I guess the strive for consistency is the big thing. You've talked about doing the doing the simple things this week, going to the gym, getting stronger, practicing hard because we owe Manchester one. Yeah, that that is for sure. We owe them. Um, you know, I think we did get a little bit of a warning about what it's like to go into Manchester when we did, and kind of what to expect. And I think even so, we I was still a little bit um, unexpected of what of what it was and um, we owe them and we'll be happy to host them on honor on our ice back to back. <laughs> and uh, we'll, uh, I, you know, I think, I think we're going to put a really good effort regardless of, you know, the actual outcomes and this and that. I think, I think the guys are going to be in a, in a really good spirit to, to really play a good brand of hockey, which is what we need to do. JJ, I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks because I've been busy. Um, the, uh, <laughs> what's happening? What's happening with the Tash and what's happening with uh, whose Tashes are sticking out from the team at the minute? That's quite a duster. Um, who's sticking out at the, like like playing wise? No, no, your your mustache. Oh, November. Uh, I, I, I didn't. You know what? That was right over my head. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not that it's right in the middle of it. It's good. My American is showing right now, isn't it? <laughs> You'll get there, man. Uh, You'll get there. Don't worry. I, you know what? I was. I feel like we don't have very, very many good contestants, and I don't want to call my own number, but I might. I. I, I don't know. I think Rup, Rupper Rupper's been. Rupper's got a good one. Rupper's got a good one. Um. Uh, do we have? You, you don't have many guys with stashes anyway. <laughs> like, like, like November came and like, uh, lo- like longer, like basically buzz, buzz his whole beard. Like, like longer, like doesn't even have a beard anymore. I think it's just a good all round look for you, man. I think that should be just a year round thing. I think it's going to be quite intimidating. It's 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 the it's that psycho like psychological aspect of the game. If you're skating <laughs> up to a guy in the circle, like I'm not screwing with you with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know if says that a follow up there says no. Go ahead, work away. No, I, 
listen, JJ, your your career to date, um, it's it's kind of stunning to be honest. You know, you, you look back over where you've been and what you've done. You you've pretty much made a habit of winning championships, no matter kind of where you've been. You know, you you raised a, a hockey East regular season and a playoffs title with the BU Terrier, Boston University Terriers. Um, you went to the London Knights. You won uh, an OHL. You won the Memorial Cup there alongside Mitch Marner, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. You went to the Coast. You won the Kelly Cup with Newfoundland as well. Uh, you know, is is there a point where where that ever gets old for you? You know, you're you're kind of into the the kind of straight of your professional career now. You're you're a few years behind you. You're you're kind of you're not a new guy. You're not a rookie by any stretch. Is that hunger for championship success still there, no matter where you go? Do you want to feel that again? Does it ever get old? I mean, for sure, it doesn't get old at all. Um, if anything, getting like getting a taste of it makes you want it even more. I I would argue. Um, but I, I must say I've, I've been very blessed to be on some championship teams where, you know, I've played various different roles and um, that's kind of, I've kind of learned a lot from that, having to play a different role on, on a different, you know, dynamic of a team. And um, like, you know, from the likes of, you know, Mitch Marner, Makachuk, you know, Christian Dvorak, the list goes on. Um, yeah. Even at BU, Jack Eichel, Daniel Regan, Evan Rodriguez is having a great year with Pittsburgh already. And I mean, just, just learning from them and be, being a young guy in Boston, you and, and learning from them and kind of just seeing firsthand what it takes to win. And, um, you know, actually in Boston, we lost in the national championship that year. So that could have been, you know, another amazing thing, but um, nevertheless, like that, you know, that was a great team we had there and, you know, you just learn a lot. And I mean, I mean, the memories are intangible. Like you don't remember, you know, you don't like, I get asked sometimes like, Oh, what's your, what's your favorite memory raising the trophy? Like what, like, like that must have been so cool. It was like, no, like, like my favorite memory was like when we were, you know, in the back of the hotel room playing mini sticks. I was 22. <laughs> like, like it's the, it's the little things that, that make it special. And that camaraderie is it's, it's, you think it's there on every team and it's hard to find that, that dynamic, yeah. that tight knit group. It's, you know, a team is always a team, but there's some like those championship teams, when you're, when you're day in and day out, nine in the morning, looking at, you know, soggy, the same guy's soggy eyes every morning, you, you want to <laughs> rip his head off, but you like, it makes you learn to love him because you got to get along. Like, you, like you, know, you got game six tonight, you know, <laughs> or whatever it may be. Like, it's just, it's hard to find and um, very blessed. So I must say I'm super blessed to been through what I have. One of those quirks of, of hockey in this part of the world versus maybe the rest or what you've experienced is that, that our main championship is the league championship, you know, and as coach says, almost every weekend is playoff hockey. Uh, how does that feel for you? Are you up for that as a challenge? Does it does it feel different to what you've experienced before? Um, I, I'm not really sure. Like, every game is always so important. And, yeah. and like, I, I guess with the small, like, it's a slightly – shortened schedule i guess then to north america so it does make it all that more important um so it, it definitely is important but i mean it doesn't really change it wouldn't change in terms of like the process of what you have to do throughout a game day and kind of what your system is and how you're going to play like you basically have to play the same way but that kind of is in the back of your head where you have there is a it's a shorter season every game means that much more so there's less yeah. points to you know be able to obtain so 
I'm going to drag it back to the Giants in just a second, but I just want to follow up on something Joel asked, JJ, and uh, or one of the parts in regards to your experience in the past. I just want to dig in a little bit to the Newfoundland Growlers. Obviously, you know, inaugural season and then going on and winning the Kelly Cup, the experience there for a, a community crying out for not just hockey, but then getting instant hockey success, that season must have been phenomenal. Yeah, like... I mean, the people of St. John's, are, I, I don't know how much you guys maybe know about St. John's, but it is an un, it's an unbelievable city. And, like, the people there are some of the, like, most down-to-earth people, like, most hospitable people I've ever met. And it's a very it's – a, it's a town run, like, you know, like, everybody knows each other, but the city is pretty big. Like, um, you know, it's it's just one of those cities that you just kind of hold hold dear to you. Like, it, like you, you just – you don't forget those those memories and those people and – I mean, yeah, to be able to do it, you know, in our inaugural season was pretty special. And I know they've had like American League teams in the past that have lost in the finals and they have a a basketball team there as well. But I'm pretty sure that was their first ever professional sports championship. So I, I might be wrong. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. And I mean, like just our parade was like absolutely insane. Like, Mm -hmm. Like they had the big freight boats, like just honking the horns, like like big ships honking as we're going by with the with the cars, <laughs> just like like just Unreal. honking away. People everywhere, ten thousand people. Like it was just, it was it was really special for that city, and it made it more special for us. I think because you you think about teams that you know, on a higher profile, like what Las Vegas did when they came into the NHL and and take it so far in their inaugural season but for Newfoundland in that league to go that far and you know and take it and then actually lift the Kelly Cup as part of it was a phenomenal achievement I'm just going to quickly drag it back now to some of the questions we have on Twitter um and actually I guess this is a pretty related from Alan Brett you know how does traveling compare to the ECHL and have you found your sea legs after the trips to Scotland Um, well, it's funny because I thought I had sea legs, so I, <laughs> well, I, 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 I grew up like my dad had a boat growing up, I'm you know, a big fisherman. I always, always enjoyed being on the water on the boat, and you know, that ferry put it put a number on me that those first couple times, <laughs> and um, I, I really thought I had my sea legs, but I guess I didn't. Um, so I, I would say the ferry is the biggest the biggest one other than that it's roughly roughly the same yeah um one from michael mooney said how does the quality of hockey in the elite league compare he also follows up by saying do you ever see yourself playing in croatia um because obviously you have those links family links to croatia yeah yeah um i don't even know like does croatia even have they don't have a khl team anymore i I would have Mm. to research that more but um I, I think the style of play is it is different. Like there there's like an extra three feet in a lot of the in a lot of the plays that you like encounter. Like so like even like defending, like like you have to like skate an extra two feet to get to your guy. Like you know what I mean? So it, it is kind of interesting in that way. Like there's there's a little bit extra wiggle room out there, which I've I, like I've enjoyed offensively, like just being able to kind of you know, jam turn, punch turn away from somebody and just kind of, you know, be able to make a play has been awesome. So um, I would say that's the biggest difference. If I can come sort of on the back of that question, obviously our own rink, Manchester, or not, sorry, our own rink, Nottingham, Sheffield, a Cardiff, all the 200 foot by 100 foot ice pads. And then you go to somewhere like Manchester, 
were horrible little changing rooms, probably no running water, cold, wet, horrible <laughs> ice, ice like a swimming pool. Yep. How, I, I, I'm tiny, tiny ice pad. How big a culture shock was that going into Manchester that day? It, it was a shock. It really was. Like, you know, uh, like I was saying before, like we like got warned about it, but there's no warning you for that. Like you have to go out and do it. So um, it was it, it was way different. And like I remember the one thing Keith was saying. He was like, "You," he's like, "If you enter the zone and the puck gets right back out, like right away, like there's gonna be odd man rushes. There's gonna be two on ones." And sure enough, it was just a very messy game in that regard. There's just it was a track meet, like. And, and I mean, not to mention those boards too. They're lively. Like, they're like, yeah. like, it's just like, it's weird. It's just, it was a different, it was a different experience. Like that's definitely smaller than like an NHL size ring. Like that was, that was small. Like changing, <laughs> changing is different. Like you have to like watch your changes in a different, different way. And it was, it was just way, yeah, it was just way different. So the, the, one of the guys that used to do the podcast with us actually started the franchise up again in Manchester. And he said when he was GM, he always gave teams one visit and expected them to be better second time because they were a little more prepared. When you just go back in there, you'll be a bit more prepared for it. Yeah, no question. No question. I mean, especially because, like, we were not, like, after that game, we were just, like, we were just kind of, like, just shell-shocked. Like, how did that even, like, transpire? Like, this the way this the whole the whole way that game transpired was just so – different than to like any other kind of loss we've had so far this year so i we owe them and the, and the guys know that so i i think we will be much better it better be different the next time mate i can't be that yeah. angry again <laughs> he was fired I, up he was fired up jj coming off the, coming off the win at the weekend against dundee um again another physical battle which you you know you, you knew that with over the last two months of being in northern ireland and I'm playing in the IHL that you know that it's going to be that type of game when you're playing against Dundee. Back to Belfast this weekend, two games against the Manchester Storm. Um, again, we, we know that the you know how they play in their own rink, but getting ready for this weekend, a four-point weekend is a must where we are sitting in the Elite League at, at, the, at this moment in time. Yeah, these. I mean... And, and like Patrick was saying, every game is so important. Like we we can't miss we can't miss these points. And um, we know how they play on their rink, but they don't know how we play on our rink. And I think the biggest thing for us is going to be we dictate the pace of the game. We de- we we're going to dictate what's going on. They're going to have to worry about what we're doing. Like we're not going to worry about what they're doing because they're too busy worrying about what we're doing. And I think if we just go in with that mentality and just you know stay the course and you know, even if we go down one, even if we're getting outplayed, just no panic. Like, let's just let's play an even kill game. Let's not get let's not get our emotions get the best of us. Let's win the special teams battle and just do all those little things. Um, I think we'll be happy with the result. Um, well, yeah, sorry, I, I was gonna. I'll, I'll jump in with one more if that's okay. Um, there was a, a question on Twitter. I, I don't think you hit it. Uh, Andrea Owens um, asked about or. <laughs> Orlando weather or Belfast weather, obviously referring to the fact that you played for uh, the <laughs> Solar Bears back in what seventeen eighteen, yeah, Along- and, along- and, yeah, yeah. Uh, alongside John Dupuy, who spent a little bit of time in Belfast, also. Um, but yeah, the, the Solar Bears are a team that a lot of people from this part of the world end up seeing because it's obviously quite a popular holiday destination. What's it like, kind of living uh, and, and working in Orlando, a place that's America but 
kind of not really. It's like the biggest kind of tourist city in, in the world. Uh, yeah, what, what was that like? It's, it's, a, it's an interesting place to be. It's funny because so I'm from I'm from New Jersey, the state yeah. of New Jersey. And when when I went to Orlando, I, I I think I saw more New Jersey license plates than I do back home. <laughs> like, no, I'm not, I, I, I'm pretty sure like I think the biggest like tourist spot in New Jersey is Florida. Like it, it's absurd how many like people from New Jersey where I'm from like go and like retire in, in Florida and all that, as as yeah. does everybody. But um I'm not gonna no comment on the weather question. <laughs> it's okay you, you don't have to you don't have to pretend it's yes, fine that, that's fair enough <laughs> JJ listen we really appreciate your time thanks for yeah. joining us to answer the questions and stuff that's good luck this weekend and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon absolutely anytime thanks guys I appreciate it thank, thank you thank you Fantastic from JJ Pickovich there. Really enjoyed Love JJ boys. Can we bring him on every week? Yeah. <laughs> Love JJ. Uh, right. Let's move on, gents. Let's uh, let's have a look at some news. And now you're back, Joel. This is this is up to you. I sort of yeah. take a back seat here. Enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Just quickly on YouTube. Hello, Jazz. How you doing? Hi, Jazzy. Hey, Jazz. Oh, I hope you're feeling better, mate. Pops in on YouTube every week. It's great. <laughs> Love, it. Love it for these. Just you know, she's got yeah. I don't have a cap yet. David did have his cat out. David did have his cat earlier. He did have his cat a minute ago. Yeah, wasn't that a cat? No, you're definitely not, my friend. You're definitely not. Definitely not. How do you follow Jasmine Kitchen? We'll try our best. So, the past week, boys, give you the quick rundown scores on Saturday and the Challenge Cup because. Believe it or not, the Challenge Cup group stage is still going. Still going. The Sheffield Steelers got the better of the Panthers in Nottingham, winning 3 2 1. Um, Cardiff were taken all the way to a shootout by the Guildford Flames in Wales, with the Devils winning 4 3. And on Sunday in the Cup, Manchester Storm did the business at home, battering the Panthers, to be fair, 7 3, to cap off a weekend to forget for our friends in Nottingham, which you just hate to see. And uh, despite that, Manchester are the single team dropping out of the Challenge Cup after an eight-game group stage, sitting at the bottom of their group on three points. And the other teams in that group, Sheffield and Nottingham, still have one completely dead rubber group game left to play. It's just a great format. Um, and in the, in, the, in the league at the weekend, uh, in the Premier Sports Elite League, the Manchester Storm set up that Sunday Cup win over Nottingham by defeating the Dundee Stars 4-3 on Saturday night. Manchester now have four wins, four losses, and an overtime loss in the league, leaving them sitting sixth with nine games played, one point ahead of your Belfast Giants who have played seven games um, elsewhere on Saturday the Five Flyers took care of the Coventry Blaze and Kirkcaldy with a 6-2 final score and that's their third regulation win in nine league games played so valuable couple of points for Fife and on Sunday the Cardiff Devils travel to Sheffield and shut the Steelers out the banana land that this league season is just keeps going um, putting three past Rock Stats help me with this goaltender's pronunciation Rock Stoy- nope. Stoyanovich yeah, go for that. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, before our pal Barry Bruss came into the game uh, with seven minutes left, uh, Stajanovic led in three, Barry Bruss led in two. <laughs> and that 5-0 win over the leaders lifts Cardiff to fifth in the standings. Um, in Guildford, the Flames capped off their, off their weekend with a 6-1 win over Fife, and they now sit second in the Elite League um, with 13 points in games, 10 games played. And finally, as we know, your Belfast Giants defeated Dundee 4-1 in their only game of the weekend, which lifts us into seventh with eight points from just seven games played so far. Um, those are your scores from the weekend. Uh, there was... Uh, we've already covered a little bit of it, but in terms of league news, there's a ton of dops. If you've got any music for me, Patrick Smith. Nice. What a segue. That's what we call a segue. Yes.
Stop. I even just dropped I'll drop I'll drop the uh Stop. Stop the volume for the Nice. Stop. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know if you've got any video keyed up or whatever, Paddy. But when we talk I'll Connor try. Sills, it's not been working very well. But I'll we try. <laughs> let's talk Connor Sills first. Uh, Dundee Stars number twenty-three. Connor Sills has been suspended for one game after receiving a major and game misconduct penalty for boarding Storm D-man Joe Hazeldean in their game on Saturday night. Um, Dop says that Sills delivered a hard hit, driving him dangerously dangerously into the boards with excessive force. Um, they also said that Sills has sufficient time to either adjust his course and deliver a legal hit minimize the force of the hit or avoid the hit entirely. Instead, he accelerates into this hit, delivering it with excessive force, driving his opponent dangerously into the boards. I don't know if it's maybe just a, a bit of a hangover of uh, this is a, if you're watching on YouTube, it is pretty rough. Like um, those are the kind of the hits into the boards that, that people do get seriously injured on. I don't know if it's maybe a hangover of people not playing for a year and a half or whatever else, but I feel like we're talking about a lot of sketchy boarding hits, Paddy. Not just sketchy boarding hits, but look at the state of that video. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those, especially in Manchester, where the puck just basically runs dead, and, and the guy's just he, he's lost a run of himself. He's put him right into the benches, hasn't he? Uh, a game, a game suspension that he served against us on Sunday. Um, and we ended up winning 4-1, so I'm happy enough for that. Yeah, take that. Um, and in terms of shocking hits, I think we probably should just get straight on to uh, Keaton Ellerby, which was really the one that came out at the same time today as the same time as the Kyle Haas uh, judgment from Dops. Keaton Ellerby has been suspended for two games for an illegal check to the head um, following a hit on Cardiff Devils forward Sam Duggan slash Duggan. Um, I don't know if you've got the video there or ready to roll or whatever, but um, uh, you know the, he's, he's been suspended for two games. Uh, Duggan is in a really vulnerable position with the way that uh, the way that Ellerby comes in to make that hit. He sees it a long way off. Duggan's body does not change from that sort of bent over position with the head between kind of the, the, the air and the glass. Um, has a lot a lot of time to reconsider that hit uh, or or avoid it entirely because um you know the devil's player is is tangled already with with another Steelers player uh and to me I, you know a lot of people are saying on Twitter today a lot of comparing and contrasting going on between this and the Kyle Haas hit people saying this is far worse and it should have resulted in a lengthier ban um I don't know if you gentlemen have any thoughts on this go on sis Sorry, I'm just trying to keep my cough from myself. Um, the, uh, I mean, I, I, that's the first time I've seen it again. I talked this a couple weeks ago with regards to that game. I think it was Duggan and Coventry, wasn't it? He was hit by the um, Hamannick. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But that, that's a nasty play there. I mean, Ellerby's a big lad, and and uh, he does. You know, when you when you see the body position of of Duggan or Duggan there, the first point of contact is the head. There's there's you know, he's already got pressure coming from one side off him from his, his teammate. He doesn't really need to make that hit. He just needs to come in there and, and try and play the puck. And, and you know, it, okay, you know, he's tried to nudge it away from him there, but the puck's obviously still there, thereabouts. So that, that's a nasty, nasty play. And, and what did he get for that, two games? Two. Two games. I don't see why he needs to even make that play, says. You no, know what I mean? Look at him. Right you can see there that he is aiming for the head. Mm-hmm. So if you I can see, comment, he does I- not... Sorry, David, go ahead. Yeah, if I can come in at that at this stage, says he doesn't obviously Duggan's pinned against the board already. He makes no contact with any other part of the body but the head. It's yeah. premeditated, he doesn't need and we talked about in the first section about necessity of hitting. And and in the modern game of hockey, there are hits that don't need made. And this is one of them. That puck there is 
is look how far away that puck is up the boards. The puck yeah. has gone. The puck is 30 feet away when he deliberately and intensely waits. He slows down mm-hmm. to make that hit to Duggan. That's a punishing hit. It's an unnecessary hit. And I'm very surprised, borderline surprised, that Dobbs led him away with two games. Remember Seth Bennett saying a while ago, you can't compare Dobbs' decisions because they'll never, it's, they're not the same. You can only compare things that are identical because yeah, I, 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 I hit directly ahead. Why did Haas get three? Why did he get two? I don't know because there isn't really, there doesn't appear to be a tariff. There never has been. You know, a hit to the head is two games, a hit to the head is three games, whatever. There's no contact. It's not like he hits his shoulder and rubs up on the head. It's direct to the helmet. He's in a vulnerable position. The puck is long gone the other direction. It's just an unnecessary hit. And it's a more than two games suspension. He should be sitting for a couple of weekends as well. He's done very, very well to only get two games for a bad, bad hit. Duggan is very, very lucky that he's not badly injured too. Well, or, or is he? We don't know. I mean, again, we, we talk about, you know, we talk about the chance and nobody backing up, um, uh, you know, jumping in to basically back up against Haas. And I didn't see anybody, you know, coming to the rescue. Oh, he gets, he gets, he gets, he gets absolutely tanned. Big I didn't Mark Lewis. Lewis steps in like five seconds later and beats the wheels. Oh, very good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely, absolutely beats the wheels off him. Says, takes him. He, he looks around. Oh, the gloves are already off. He's came. He's gone. Um, I think it's Mark Lewis. Just on a line change and just makes a beeline for him, just absolutely punishes yeah. him. But the big thing for me there, as I say, is is the the close the closeness of he where LRB is to Dugan, where the puck is already gone, yep. and LRB, you know, on his peripheral vision, if he can't see that puck gone already and going, well, you know what, I don't need to make this hit, then he's a stupid, stupid boy as well. We talk about hockey IQ and. That's probably why we have a lot of these guys coming to this league because they're not that smart, um, and they don't need to make those necessary, sorry, unnecessary hits. And that that one for Sam Duggan, I hope a kid's okay because he started the season off really, really well. Um, and again, I, I do think it was the, I do think it was Duggan that took that hit from Hamannick a couple of weeks ago. Um, and um, and again, ho- I hope he's all right because you see the likes angles, you see the likes of Duggan. And you talk about all these kids from GB and then, and, you know, the, the local players and you want them playing. They're not going to play at the minute if they keep on getting injured. So, you know, it's, it's about protecting yourself. And in that position, like, unlike what it was a couple of weeks ago with, with Dugan against Hamannick, he does not know that's coming. He's thinking about the press that he's got on his back end here. You know, he's trying to, he's looking around his feet for the puck to see if it's, yep. if it's still there for it. And he's got a guy coming in to target the head. I think that's worth more than two games. Absolutely. I've always had an issue with this thing in the game about <clears throat> keep your head up. Sometimes you, you can't. Yes, you've got to keep your head up, but sometimes you have to look down yeah. too. Of course and you do. I remember, and I've probably told this story on the podcast before, Mark Morrison looking down at a puck coming across the blue line and Andre Payette coming the other way at 100 miles an hour and Payette gave him a free pass. Yeah. skated around yeah. him, and when the whistle blew, Payette walked over to him and physically went, keep your head up. Payette I, I could have I, destroyed I, him. Yeah, I, I remember doing it. I, but there's, I, there's, yeah. that honour is going out of the game, Simon. <clears> people <throat> don't care. People are hitting people now and just going, oh, keep your head up. It's not an excuse. You have to be responsible for the person you're hitting now. These brain injuries are a real yeah, thing, and you just right. can't go around exploding people. I, I like. I remember. I've, I've said it in the podcast before. I remember coming out of the penalty box, very like what Haas did 
I was in Dundonald playing against the Five Flyers, right across centre ice, going to the bench to change. Frank Morris is flying towards me. I've got my speed up getting back to the bench to get changed. I could have ended that guy's career. I've abs- I have no doubt that I could have really, really hurt him. And if I, he, he had his head down, and I gave him a bye ball. And when, I, when I got to the bench, Jim Graves sort of just looked at me as if to go out and he hit him. And I just went, I'm, I could have hurt him. I could have hurt him. Just get him to the bench. So, you know, I was, I had not proud of some of the hits that I made when I was playing. <laughs> um, I was proud of a lot of them, um, but it wasn't proud. I made a couple of mistakes. I'll hold my hands up for them. But I never, ever, ever got a suspension for a bad hit. I got suspension for fighting, and I got suspension for telling the referee that he was wrong. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I never got a suspension for a bad hit. Uh, Paddy, if I bring you in on this, if you don't mind, uh, it's it's something that, that Davey mentioned there. Dops actually says, um, furthermore, the head contact on this play is avoidable. While Dops acknowledges that Duggan's head is down while he is attempting to play the puck with Duggan already engaged in the battle with Jones, Ellerby has the option to avoid the check altogether or make the check in a legal manner. So it's not a case of heads up. He's playing the puck at the boards and yep. this is an entirely avoidable piece of contact. Yeah, I, I, I said that on the I said that on the on, on the YouTube when we showed the video there. It, he watches him. He, he sees that the play that he's tied up in the play. As Davey said, the puck is gone. The primary contact is with the head. I agree fully with my uh, with my two esteemed colleagues here. That he's very very lucky to only get two games. Very mm-hmm. lucky, and you know it, it should be a couple of weekends of suspension out of this. On that alone, I think the fact that he's not a repeat offender seems to be a big thing. Now we see that Haas got three games potentially on the basis that he was a a, a repeat offender. And, and looking at his pims at the minute, that's going to go on and on. He's looking to set a record by Christmas. Um, but you know, in this Sheffield. Sheffield we count himself very, very lucky, despite the fact that they got tanked five 0 in that game. They should be missing a player. Uh, and to keep things rolling, boys, another couple of Dobbs judgments that came out uh, kind of early Sunday. I think these were pretty much automatic fines, uh, so they were able to release them during the game weekend. Uh, Michael, Michael Poirier from the Dundee Stars, defenseman number 42, is fined for his illegal check to the head on Storm forward Taylor Thompson uh, during the game between the Storm and the Stars on the 13th, which was Sunday. Um, or Saturday, excuse me, Saturday. Um, there's no video of this, uh, but it seems to be a fairly kind of uh, straightforward um a legal check to the head, cut and dry, one game suspension. I'm oh, sorry, no, excuse me, just a fine. Just and, a fine. Uh, yeah. have, having a mare on this. Uh, and uh, Lyndon Springer's breakout season continues uh, <laughs> with uh, another fine for his actions while leaving the ice after the fight between him and our friend Kyle Haas. Uh, yeah. It seems, again, no video of this, but it seems that he left the ice and went into somehow the Dundee Stars restricted player area. No, so, it was the... It was the no, yeah, Oh, is there? But he was a bit, not a, he came off the ice at Manchester, and then there's like a curtain that you know it's a, <laughs> one of these steel curtains apparently. There's a curtain that stops you from getting to the um to the the away dressing room because you know a curtain would. He went through um, the curtain, and he went through the curtain. Never go through uh, the curtain. To take that on. But is there not is there not the is there not a gate to get out to the the Manchester bench, or was did he just make a deal for Dundee? No, so so you mean to get to get to the change room? Yeah. So where there is, if you think about it, on the far side of the benches, there you've got the penalty boxes. On the left hand side of the penalty box is a door, and that door takes you to the away dressing room. 
Yes. A lot of a, a lot of the time, uh, I I don't know. Sometimes you see the man. There's a door on the other side for Manchester as well. Yes. On the other side of Palace, but sometimes they don't use that. Sometimes they come all the way down and out that door. That door seems to be the primary door used when te- when players are ejected as well. So yeah. if he's being ejected, he will be ejected by that door and then have to walk back behind the penalty boxes and into the changing room that way. And that's what's happened. He's went through there, lost the, lost the run of himself, went through the curtain <clears> into the into the, uh, the Dundee Stars change room area. It's not in the change room itself. There's like a little you know, foyer type thing there. But um, I don't think foyer but, but is the right word for it. I don't think Foy's Foy definitely not the right word, but uh, but it's uh, but he's went through there. I think he's come back out, it, but whatever's happened, I don't know if they fought behind the curtain. <laughs> and for more on for more on the curtain behind the bench, tune in next week where uh, Paddy will debut his new section. Uh, from behind the curtain, <laughs> nice. Uh, moving on, boys. I'll rattle through just the the rest of of the news for the week, uh, if you don't mind. There have been more roster changes at Manchester following the departure of former Belfast giant Liam Morgan earlier this month. Uh, uh, firstly, 39-year-old former first-round NHL draft pick Jason Bakashia, Bakashia. Bakashia has come in for what looks to be long-term Bakashia. injury cover. <laughs> Signed the Bakashia. Uh, what looks to be long-term injury cover for Matt Ginn, who came out the week before last, I think, against Guilford. Um, he has 39 NHL games to his name, along with 298 in the AHL and a Calder Cup in 2010 with the Hershey Bears. Uh, he's had three seasons in the Dell with Straubing and was most recently in the Hungarian Ersta Liga with a team that I'm not even going to disgrace on, myself trying to on. pronounce. The, the Dunavar Duna- Rosie Aselbikak. Well done. Well done. Mate. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, Storm also announced the one in, one out today with Wade McLean heading home and American forward Austin Albrecht making the move to the Drizzle Dome from the German third tier. Um, doesn't seem like a gassing as, as it first appeared. Ryan Finnerty talked about it being one of the hardest conversations he's ever had with a player. Wanted it to work out for Wade and his family, but it just didn't happen in that way. But either way, uh, I hope, hope Wade McLean's all right and, and, uh, and there's your move. Um, the in Nottingham, just quickly, just quickly. Yeah, go ahead. James Downey, who sat in for uh, for Matt Ginn over the weekend, obviously getting that win against the uh, the Nottingham Panthers on um, Sunday. And uh, Ram Finnery said, "Do you know, Downey would be the next Team GB goalie?" And it's great they get him playing so much, um, so so getting so much playing time. He also stressed how you know limited transfer cards was also good to develop British players, and then. Sign the Hungarian. <laughs> yeah, well, hope you had a good weekend. Uh, yeah. The Nottingham Panthers have added forward Tommy Jokinen, who is Finnish. Anybody? He's not finished. He's only 26. <laughs> Thank you, mate. As injury cover for Kevin Domingue, who was placed on the IR. <laughs> single, great, single greatest radio interview of all time. It's a classic. It's a classic. Tommy Jokinen as injury cover for Kevin Domingue, who was placed on the IR on 31st of October. Um, 15 years and over 800 appearances in the Finnish Liga and a team captain for four of those. <laughs> That's the only thing you're going to think about for the rest of the show. Um, and finally, oh, uh, the Glasgow clan's second competitive game of the season was halted by a failure of the ice plant in the Coventry Sky Dome. Phenomenal season for the clan so far. Uh, so that game was postponed at short notice. The good news is the Blaze are, as of yesterday, promoting this weekend's game against Nottingham at the Sky Dome. So it does seem that they fixed that ice plant. And your Premier Sports game of the week is this Sunday in Kirkcaldy as the Five Flyers take on the Cardiff Devils at 6 p.m. You don't care. You're going to be in the SSC Arena or tuned in to hopefully Simon Kitchen on Giants TV. And have that's the, your news, Patrick. 
after after the defeat in uh, in Fife, have Coventry released a club statement yet? It seems to be the way of things. <laughs> I know when Manchester lost in Fife, they released a club statement. Cardiff lost in Fife. We had a twenty minute video from Todd Kelman. Nothing from Coventry yet. No. We're, we'll keep an eye on the line. We'll 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 get that to you as soon as possible, mate. <laughs> uh, thanks, Joel, for all of that. Just quickly, we're going to round up as we always do with the fixtures this weekend. And there's only one team in town. Well, there's two teams in town. There's only one team visiting town, and that's uh, the Manchester Storm. Will be flying in for a double header this weekend against your Belfast Giants at the SSE Arena Saturday at seven p.m. Sunday at four p.m. <clears throat> you should be getting yourself down there, and if not. Mr. Kitchen, will you be behind the mic? Are you uh, you gearing up for it? Or are you um, still in the IR? I don't know. Um, no, no. Laura has told me I'm not allowed. Um, <laughs> I've got to rest up, so <clears throat> I have to listen well, to my coach. Well, that's that. <laughs> that's that. You try well. Look, I'll see how I feel at the weekend. I mean, I've, I've, um, I've been, well, I'll just have to wait and see. I hope to, I hope to be, but I'll have yep. to switch. Given the fixture that it is, we don't need Neil the coach Russell behind the mic for this one. <laughs> this is not. I, think, I don't know if we're going to afford to charter his flight this time. No, you know, I, the, um, I know Manchester City are, are you know, they're, they're, they were off last week, so they could you could use their flight and use their plane. I'm not sure um, yeah. if we're going to afford to, to get him a. Our longest flight over again. I'm not sure. Not sure. Um, I know. Well, just I'll ask you briefly, Joel. What do you think of this weekend? Respond. Uh, I that that defeat in Manchester still doesn't sit right with me. I hope that we spend the entire weekend battering right with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you've worked through your problems, Paddy. It's it's really lovely to see that you've worked your way past that. It was a tough week for you. Uh, just throw, just battering. Throw, throw it back then, Joel. Throw it back then. Let him. Let him. <laughs> well, Patrick Smith. Patrick Smith is someone is someone with a, a very uh, sort of close tie with the Manchester Storm. Somewhere that you like to go on the weekend. I mean, you're you're local. It's technically your local team. Um, great relationship with that building and everyone in it. Well, how are you feeling about this weekend in Manchester coming to Belfast? Uh, I love playing Manchester, but I love beating Manchester. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same when I had the ties with Newcastle Vipers. You know, it's that I love playing the Newcastle Vipers, but most notably, I love beating the Newcastle yeah. Vipers. Um, and, and there's no difference here. Uh, Manchester, you know, they've got this new goalkeeper, this guy coming in, and obviously he's going to be coming in cold. We'll see how he is after training. Whether Downey will get any starts, we'll see. Uh, they're making chopping changing because. I don't think they're a great team. I just don't. Um, you see that they got that win against Nottingham Panthers at the weekend. But they're still out of the Challenge Cup. Uh, ultimately, you know they do fi- play a good fast breakout game on the small ice. They have historically given us the odd scare at the uh, at the SSE Arena, but I don't see it happening. Watch this come back and bite me and maybe fuming on Saturday night. But no. I don't see it happening. I, I see us being much stronger in this, being able to play on the expansive ice. And uh, we've seen how they've played in the likes of Sheffield and in Nottingham and struggled on the expansive ice. I, I see us playing exactly that game and, and getting around them. Matt Ginn has always been a thorn in our side. He's not going to be a thorn in our side this weekend. You know, he, he's uh, he's on the injury roster and hopefully he'll come back for them. Hopefully for them, he'll come back soon. We'll see how this uh, this this lad, this um, Hungarian lad, comes in and, and how he plays for them. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, I'd like to see uh, us take four points in this weekend, and I think we should. I'd say that's unanimous. <laughs> On that note, gentlemen, uh, any other business? 
I'm actually going to start this very, very briefly. Uh, Glee Tale. I had a quick look through the week. I know that Davey asked me to to have a quick look and a look quick look at the spreadsheet and where we are. We're in the we're in the early forties. No, haven't reached the fifty mark yet. But it is a case that we are still asking people, and it's still a very important thing. We're gonna I'm gonna start put something out uh, tomorrow or Thursday when I when I get the chance, uh, just to sort of kick this off again. It's uh especially after the year and a half nearly two years that we've had blood donations are are really required uh i've recently had someone uh, not just a good friend in simon kitchen but i've had someone go into hospital quite seriously and required a required a blood transfusion as part of that and um you know it shows just how important it is for people like ourselves who are fit and healthy and you know, are, are able to give blood to go and do so because you're helping not ju- not just you know you get that buzz from being helpful for yourself but you're helping three people when you go out there and you give a pint of your own blood and it's a fantastic thing to go out there do we really really encourage you to find your closest blood donation center uh, and get down and give a pint and when you do take a photograph stick it on twitter hashtag bleed tail we're going to kick this all off again Debbie. Absolutely, and um, I've had a few people over this last week because there's 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 ones that have just been chipping away over the whole pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't get blood myself, but the likes of Andy Key and um, Daryl Moore and stuff are always throwing their blood about. So you know, it's it's a really really good cause. Um, what I was going to come to the other fundraiser we're doing the the Kevin Rain the Rainer Razor it's just been kind of called on Twitter now over five hundred pounds already just seven or eight weeks into the season says we're going to have to start paying off <laughs> some money. It's wild. Um, Richard Richard Tobin sent me a, a DM saying, uh, this, you know, do you owe you anything? Yeah, mate, you owe me 76 quid. Oh, 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 right. I, I think Joel's in about 60. But yeah. uh, boomer, Boomerang Corner in for nearly 160. So uh, pass the hat at the weekend, round that block, and, and get some pennies this way because um, don't save it all day in the season or there'll be some... Big says will be knocking doors, <laughs> and I charge ten percent, mate. It's on top of the fee. So. Yeah. Um, the, I, I just wanted. I've, I've got a bit of apology to make. Um, we had organized with the OSC. We had organized to do the uh, the quiz at W five uh, last Friday night. It's all on me. Um, unfortunately, at uh, something Doesn't popped you up. Apologize, mate. Well, no, no, no. But we, I know there was a lot of people looking forward to it, and with. Uh, We've got a lot of interest in it, so I'm sorry we couldn't do that. But it's was just postponed. It's not cancelled. It's just been postponed. Um, and we're hoping to get once we get back next week into the office, we'll try and get another date organised to, to make sure it's suitable for all the boys and and uh, uh, and all the fans as well. So we will get that organised. I'm sorry, it's one of them ones where we had to just put the the back burner up because believe it or not, as soon as we put it up there, there was people complaining about it. Um, and uh, they obviously don't know the whole behind it. So, um, yeah, it was cancelled because of me. And uh, at the end of the day, there's no show without punch. So tough. I think it's very <laughs> noble of you to apologise, mate. I don't think that's actually required. But, no, absolutely Do you anything not. from you? Uh, no, just uh, to say that Sis has had his Michael Jordan flu game this week. Uh, this has been a stunning, <laughs> a stunning performance from Sis going off and on mute to cough his heart out. God love him. Uh, that's, a, that's a clutch performance. And... Uh, and I'm glad that you're at least on the way to being healthy, but make sure and rest up, mate. Like, no, nobody gives us a hard time for not being well. Like, come on. You'd be surprised, man. The OSC guys, the, all the committee and all the volunteers um, put an awful lot of hard work into things, and, and sometimes it just 
doesn't come off, and, and you know, we need to make arrangements to change things around during these difficult times. So it's um, we're, we're, it's going to happen. We've got a big event this weekend. With, with our first now, our first event is that uh, Sunday where the USC are sponsoring uh, the match on Sunday against the Manchester Storm, um, and uh, they're taking seventy five of their members to the West Lines on Sunday um, as a thank you for. Um, you know, for for supporting the the USA and the and everything we do, and then tomorrow um, it should be coming out. I'm not too sure what's coming out tomorrow, but there's another more news coming out tomorrow um, from the OSA side, side of things. To um, another we string our bow, which we've had for the last couple of years as well. So uh, that'll be going for members only for the first week, uh, and then it'll be opened up to something else. So keep an eye on your emails tomorrow uh, if you're a member of the OSA. Nothing for me, Patrick. Great. Well, on that note, gentlemen, the two games this weekend, as we said, Belfast Giants versus the Manchester Storm, both on Saturday and on Sunday. Saturday at 7pm, Sunday at 4pm. Both games at the SSE Arena. Get yourself down there. Get yourself tickets. Get in there. Get and watch the Giants take on the Storm. And if you can't, Giants TV, with or without Mr. Kitchen, will be available for you to follow the game. Um, big thanks to JJ Pickenich. Thanks to the um, British Ice Hockey Hall of Fame inductee, Colin Shields, the Premier Sports and Elite League for the footage. Thanks for putting those together, Davey. And uh, thanks very much to you, gentlemen. Thank you, boys. Thanks, Thank you, Nice. I was wondering what that, that was the whole that's night. Some cup, that's some cup you're drinking out there, Davey. That's I find that in the floor there. That's we Lily's um, <laughs> Christmas Christmas penguin, but it's got some uh, vitamin C in it, so all good. That's all right. Vitamin C with uh, vodka. Thank <laughs> <laughs> grapefruit. Grapefruit. Oh, nice. A man of taste. You can get us at AVFTB on Twitter, kingdomofthegiants.com on Facebook. You can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, YouTube, Instagram, whatever. All Everything, uh, Bebo. I think Joel's keeping the Bebo page up to date. Thanks, Joel. Always, the, uh, always. MySpace, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, um, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. We'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.